I'm playing against Schwein Schweinsteiger, a guy who was on United like two or three years prior to that, and all of a sudden he's playing center mid. I actually did a bike pass and I almost cleated him in the face, and it's a video I just sort of show everyone. <laughs> That's an awesome story. Chicago and, and Minnesota. Minnesota, one of these states, of course, being the official home of the Twinkie. We'll let you look that up. We're going to be talking soccer. We're going to be talking life, playing games, playing mind games. We got a little something for you. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram at Footy Fellas Pod. That's F O O T Y Fellas Pod on Instagram. We got another very special guest on the pod, professional soccer player Arthur Boswa. We had an awesome chat with Arthur about his journey. Another viewpoint on life in the USL with an up-and-coming team that's in the midst of a rebuild and his love for Manchester United, which is why this is Max's favorite episode so far. Max, how do you feel about being known as the most polarizing figure on our podcast because of your outspoken Manchester United fandom? Um, every, every team needs a character. Everyone needs a, a guidepost to understand where we are. And I am proud to proclaim United as uh, a banner um, and something that you should react to. It's a, it's a, it, when you see someone's a United fan, you're either, you either hate them or you love them. And uh, I think you need that magnetizing interaction on your pod. You need it if it's talking to Arthur and talking about how Rooney's the best, or if it's um, reminding, uh, you know, Madeline, a future, future pod interview. Uh, that United is is and will always be more superior than than Man City, even though Man City has their their current rank. Um, so I take pride in in starting sparking a conversation. Yeah, no shame. Just don't know yet whether you'll become Batman, Harvey Dent, the Joker, which side you'll land when we look back at history. No, no, and I'm proud to live on the edge, as I have my entire life. <laughs> I think winter winter because you struck a balance of flouting your Liverpool fandom, but not being as talkative about it. For, for Jones, I've gotten hate mail. I've gotten mail from our subscribers, yep. from our fans, yep. who, we, who we appreciate and adore, saying, I love listening to the pod, but huge Man U fan, kind of alert, 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 I'm struggling. Right. You know, I don't know if I can keep listening. Yeah, right. yeah. you know, I actually, first off, really despise how much Jones likes Man United, but I have to say, Shout out to Jones. I appreciate how long he's been supporting the team. He's a diehard fan, and he's not ashamed of it. And I love that. And I think that the people nowadays kind of get, you know, if there's a little controversy, controversy, they kind of back off their beliefs a little bit. And I love that Jones will will never. And I appreciate that about him. Loyal fan, um, and we need that on the pod. So. I appreciate that, Jones. And now, why I don't talk about Liverpool all that much is because I'm a fairly new Liverpool fan, so I have no, I can't, I can't speak to them yet. Jones is a lifelong Man U fan, so he has the right. You know what? And there's no, there's no shame in admitting, admitting your time frame there, your time stamp, Mister Winter, whatsoever. Um, uh, I just, 
I just kindly remind that if ever you bring something up about Liverpool and their their dominance, that I would put you in your place very quickly. Um, so, you know, hey, open for a friendly conversation. I'll just end it really quickly, just as soon as it's brought up. It's really nice to see how much you guys support each other and value each other's opinions and friendship on and off the pod. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. something we really love to see as a as a third party here. I can recognize the mutual respect, the mutual hate. The, the jokes, the laughs, the love, the, the live, the laugh, the love, mm-hmm. kind of everything going on here. Mm-hmm. I'm just seeing it from a third-party perspective, and it's really beautiful in mm-hmm. a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, quick question. Your, your apartment is themed for live, laugh, love, right? Just like mine? Yeah. That, or yeah, okay, we, we would, you Wait, you ended up – I know we agreed in the beginning when we were starting the pod, but you ended up – you put those up in your place? Uh, yeah, I've got eight, 18 – Live, laugh, love, you know, pictures and little frames all over. Oh, yeah. Wait, yeah, you guys, same. you guys don't? No, no, we, no do. we totally, we do. totally. We have all, we have, we have a ton of them up. A lot of them. Okay, cool. We're actually doing, we've been doing a lot of living, laughing, and loving. Yeah, we, li- we, we live, we live it out. We actually live the laugh, love. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> that, even though we only have 14 material pieces up, we have at least another four in sentimental value of actually living out the laugh love. Yeah. And we love the, we love the laugh live, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. And you can't laugh a love without living, you know? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I was actually, I was knitting a, a new live, laugh, love, um, kerchief for, um, Eli. Cause it gets a little cold at night. Uh, I couldn't help. You guys aren't gonna believe this. I couldn't help laughing to myself about how much I love, living with him you know um and laughing i was watching you you and laughing i was watching jones knit that same scarf and i was that same kerchief i was sitting pretty far away it's very different than a scarf i couldn't stop laughing at how much you looked like you were just living in the moment and i loved it yeah i loved it yeah i see you sound like you're laughing are you laughing (laughs) you got me (laughs) We are just living and laughing together. I love it. I love it. Is this a Hallmark commercial? It could be. This is like the extended cut, like seven minutes. They just didn't have the <laughs> They just asked for fan submissions and had to throw it up last second. It's, the, it's, it's like they, they needed commercial space. They bought inventory for, for commercial and they like, like you know, the, the network came back. Hallmark came back and like, look guys, Hallmark, like, you know, we've got, you got a twenty-minute infomercial at this point. You need to put up. Good luck, and uh, and they signed the pot up. We talked about living, laughing, loving. We are getting we're getting paid a, a pretty hefty amount from Hallmark for both living, laughing, loving, and advertising them on our podcast, a relatively new podcast, Footy Fellas Pod on Instagram, at hashtag Footy Fellas Pod Insta Hallmark Live Laugh Love. Well, we're really excited to start sharing more and more stories from different perspectives involved in the world of soccer and really just humanizing the game for all of us that love it and for those that are more unfamiliar. But first, let's jump to last week today, where Jones is going to take us through a couple of story storylines from the last week today. Uh, a couple stories, I think a couple notable stories we've, we've been following. Um, one that has me extremely excited is ESPN's 
The Last Dance, a documentary featuring the peak Michael Jordan era and his effect on the Chicago Bulls. It'll be dropping tonight, Sunday, the uh, 19th of April, 2020. And uh, I think so. They'll be dropping an episode on ESPN, and then they'll be dropping two episodes tomorrow night on Monday on Netflix. So I know we're probably holding off. I'm just going to wait until that uh, drop on, on the Netflix to watch it. Um, exciting story though. Nonetheless, haven't had much exposure to my boy MJ. Um, their, uh, baseball has resumed in Taiwan. <laughs> you guys seen this? You guys seen, Hey, listen to this. You guys hear this? this? You guys hear, you hear this one? Uh, baseball resumed in Taiwan. All right. You hear this? And, uh, and, uh, instead of having fans in the crowd, they replaced fans with cardboard cutouts and robots. Hey, yo, that's so, a fun experience. I think, right. That, For yeah, you. For the players, I mean, I don't want to hear, you know, nasty things being yelled at me. I want a silent crowd with that doesn't move a lot and no facial expression. It, that's fun. That's fun. That sounds like most of my D3 soccer games right there. That's that's the crowd. That's <laughs> the last thing you guys may have heard of, and, and it's very compelling, is that there are some reports surfacing that the EPL teams are attempting to get back going with the remainder of the season starting on June 10th, and then regardless of the progress, finish by June 30th. A couple things to keep in mind. I think the biggest pressure, Cooker, pressuring them to cook the season earlier, keeping the metaphor alive, is uh, that a lot of contracts with players as well as sponsorship contracts are up June 30th. And currently clubs are just hemorrhaging money and are looking for ways to bring back and recoup some of their losses. Some of that comes with, obviously, TV deals and sponsorships, um, but there are players whose contracts will literally be up. Uh, I think, like, Giroux or Willian, like, are two big names right off the bat, who could theoretically just go free without having done anything for the past two or three months. So if the season continues beyond June 30th, those specific players whose contracts are up, the clubs would either have to re-sign them if they want them to finish the season with that same club, or they wouldn't have an obligation to play in those remaining games. That's what that's what would happen? Potentially. It would be that. Um, and, wow. and people are pushing back and looking into, you know, FIFA is considering allowing teams to open up their contracts and have, you know, extensions that go beyond the 30th. But I think a lot of legal analysts have reviewed some of these contracts and determined that it would not be a worthwhile venture as it sets some pretty bad precedents for what can be done in the future. Um, so it, it feels like a hectic time to be in that cutthroat business. Um, but end of the day, I don't really care. I just want to watch soccer. So if they could figure yeah, that so out. Yeah, so Jones, just very quickly, how are they cramming the games into a month-long period? How many games are remaining, and then what would that look like timeline-wise? I don't know how many games precisely. We can look that up. But the uh, I think ideas that they've been kicking around is that they would have all the games played in one or two locations, namely like Wembley or something else. Um, uh, and how many games left? We have nine, nine. About games. nine games left for most teams. And they would have um, like back-to-back-to-back games played in those stadiums, um, empty crowds, 
uh, all on like one or over a weekend or every three or four days um, just to just to knock it out. Theoretically, they wouldn't be playing in, you know, in any other types of competitions. There wouldn't be FA Cup. Um, they would be playing um, in Europe or, or the Champions League. So potentially they would be able to knock it out. Definitely look way different than what we're used to, but exciting to have soccer back as long as they can do it in a way that's safe for all the players and, and makes the most sense for everyone. Going to head to our first ad read. Thank our sponsors, a very important part of our podcast. And right after, we'll be back with our chat with Arthur. Be right back. Are you a YouTuber? Are you an influencer? Are you a filmmaker? Are you a believer? Boy, have we got the product for you. Add that extra flair, that little pizzazz to complete your video, movie, or religious ceremony with our holy soundboard. Advertising a new product unboxing and need that dramatic low note? Documenting your hike up an insurmountable mountain and need that ominous hum? Complimenting Jesus or Moses and need that extra high note? For a couple of extra bucks, we'll even throw in some bonus sounds. Sorry, that got a bit out of control. Choose between a monthly subscription or pay-per-sound payment plan, both of, which, both of which are super reasonable. Holy Soundboard, for the creative and religious within us. Thanks to Holy Soundboard for giving us all access to that pizzazz. Thanks, Holy Soundboard. People not on the pod couldn't see this, but he, Eli made all of those noises with his mouth. And, I guess, throat and, and diaphragm. Yeah. I was hitting the table a little bit. You saw my foot stomping. I yeah. hooked up. You can see I hooked up the bass drum before the, the pod as well. So it's a lot, but that's that's everything. Even more effort has been put into this holy soundboard, which obviously is for a variety of people. You know, you could be an influencer. You could be a YouTuber and just need that extra sound effect and not know where to get it right now because everything everything's closed, but you can get it online. Mm. You could be someone leading a religious sermon and need that extra sound effect. Again, the holy soundboard is your place to go. Mm. I think it could come in handy for a lot of these uh, virtual graduations. You know, you got to get the applause meter or maybe some, you know, good, good remark by the valedictorian, virtually valedictorian. You just got to give them some praise. A little siren going off. That's a great plug. Yeah, it could be a gospel siren. Get people hyped. Get people very hyped. And we're very hyped to jump to our chat with Arthur right now. And Arthur and Andrew, who Andrew, who we spoke with on our previous pod, actually played together in high school, which is pretty cool, and in college. And then both have kind of gone their separate ways and had separate paths to making it to where they are today, playing in the USL. And speaking with Arthur about his journey and uh, you know, growing up in South Africa thriving on the field in college at Columbia where he won offensive player of the year, suffering from injuries afterwards and is now starting to build some momentum in his career currently. So they, they obviously share a passion for the game and are good friends off the field who will hopefully come up, up against each other in some epic showdowns coming up, but just another great perspective on the world of football. Here's our chat with Arthur. 
Very excited to welcome Arthur Boswa to the pod, forward for the Charleston Battery of the United Soccer League, USL. Before playing for the Battery, he played for the Long Island Rough Riders at Columbia University, who is a political science major, and won the Ivy League title in 2016, as well as picking up Offensive Player of the Year in 2016 and 2017, and First Team All-Ivy Honors multiple times. Pretty impressive. Arthur, great to have you on the pod, man. Hey guys, happy to be on um, down here in Charleston at the moment, and happy to talk about all things Manchester United today, hopefully. Let's go, baby! <laughs> That's it. We're doing an hour to, to three hours of Man U content. It's going to be Man That's U. why you're here. We're just going to sing Glory Glory a couple times, and then we'll... I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about, we'll, we'll go through the years. Maybe that's what we'll do. Yeah, we'll right. talk about Arthur every once in a while when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, we, as we were doing a little bit of background, a little bit of, you know, research into you, checking out your social, we noticed you were playing some Settlers of Catan maybe, maybe last week. Is that one of your, your go-to games while everyone's at home or what else have you been up to since, uh, since being kind of stuck at home for a while? No. Yeah. I mean, game night is, pretty competitive here between me and my roommate and then we have another guy or two who comes to join us just so we can get some numbers for Catan great game I actually haven't played that until about six six months ago but now I've probably played it like over 50 50 (laughs) times by now (laughs) but um yeah so I mean obviously extraordinary times um just trying to do my part with everything that's going on i know it's a lot worse in the northeast tri-state area um a little bit more relaxed down here but everybody still has to do what they have to do and for me like i just i just started taking two classes on online right now just because i have the time um we have some team workouts in the morning and then from there i, no- I normally try and get in another workout or two throughout the day but i mean that I, I just try and be as productive i can because why not use this time to get ahead a little bit? Yeah, no, absolutely. It sounds like you're, you're keeping a bit of structure while also, you know, giving, giving some time to relax and everything, which is great. Before we get to a bit more soccer and your background, curious at Columbia, obviously you studied political science, anything in particular that drew you to political science was something you just wanted to, you know, try out and got more interested in or that you've been interested in for, for a while. And since you were younger, Yeah. So, I mean, I was born in South Africa. So I think coming from a government that's a little bit different to the United States. um, So I just uh, sort of comparing how life was there to Long Island, to New Jersey. I think um, that was always something very interesting to me, just how a government can influence a country. So I think going into college, that was something that I wanted to sort of expand my um, base of knowledge on and then I think just once I like took a class and then I was like wow this is this is something that I'm very interested in and then I was like I think I want this to be my major and then yeah I mean it was I definitely learned a lot and it's something that I'm still very interested in today. What what were some of the bigger cultural differences you know even outside of the political just growing up in, in South Africa and then moving to the U.S. what age actually did you did you move to the U.S.? So I moved here when I was six so, I mean, just making such a big transition, I, th- I feel like the memories of South Africa are a little bit more ingrained in me j- just because it's almost like a, not a traumatic experience, but like a huge change in my 
life. So it's like before the move and then after the move. So it's just sort of two separate times for me. Um, and then obviously my parents have and my family have been in South Africa for hundreds of years. So like the culture in my household growing up in Long Island was very much South African. And I think the biggest difference like straight up was just um, the freedom, like the whole, like you can see your neighbor's house. Like it's um, because in in South Africa, you have like a 15 foot, 10 foot concrete wall. You got gates. There's a whole security system in play. You got to bar the doors and Mm. windows. So just from a security standpoint and like a freedom of just like walking out in the neighborhood, like don't get me wrong. People can still go to parks and some areas are safer than others, but just like that, that was the first thing that hit me young and I absolutely loved it. I was just like running up and down my block always. I was like, I can run outside. Like, Oh my gosh. And then, <laughs> <laughs> not just in my backyard. And then um, obviously English was another thing for me. Pretty, pretty obvious just because it was sort of my second language that I was beginning to learn a little bit. But, and then for me that I think that was a big transition, just like kindergarten first grade getting a lot of the pronunciation of the words correct so yeah that's a lot that's a lot to to take over and 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 kind of learn into were you born so born in south africa i understand that's part of your 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 you know ethnicity it's it's who you are it's a deeper deeper um you know connection to your identity uh can you explain to the fans how being a united fan is almost deeper than that um <laughs> and and where 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 were the roots where did the roots come from there was that a family thing uh was it uh was it just watching the game how yeah. did you get ingrained in the culture that is uh uh united so i was eight years old i think it was 2003 2004 my dad just bought me a united shirt like not a jersey or anything just a shirt and that, that at the time was actually one of the few teams that they actually showed on television. So that was like, I was, so that, that was good to become a fan. And then just like, like that, they were just so, such a big brand at the time that it was good to have them on TV. Cause over, over the years now, we, it's, it's like taken for granted that you can watch soccer on so many other platforms. But I think at the time, so just being able to watch them as a young guy and then see guys like, Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, Rude Van Nistelrooy, like, I'm, it was just wild. Absolutely. I, I was a United fan because all of my coaches growing up, uh, I think I think like most, if not all, that were, they were all, yeah, pretty much British uh, or Scottish, you know, <laughs> English or something. And if they were teaching us soccer strategy and they were teaching us like a four four two formation, really basic kind of stuff, right? Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, the right back is here and the left mid is here. And it was, it was more like, okay, so this player is like, we'll hypothetically call this player like a Skulls. And then this player hypothetically is like Giggs. And then if you're playing the Rooney position, you're doing this. So like, to me, like it, it was ingrained, like you just learned that that was, they, United was synonymous with, with soccer. And so you know, it, it wasn't really a choice, an option. All right, lads, going to have to shut down this man you love fest for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so transitioning up to uh, to college, how were you able to dominate really seems so effortlessly at the D1 uh, level in the Ivy League, in your opinion? Well, I mean, just first of all, being confident in my ability was something that always um, sort of drove me 
forward. And I think the college season is so is so short. Um, a lot of people don't really. I mean, it is talked about, but it's not really addressed too too much. Um, it's like two and a half three months. So that summer is like is massive. Like a lot of people are out partying. Like everybody's doing the summer break thing but like that was a time that i would use to get into like very very good shape just because i knew in the season it's sort of hard to get into like that once you're playing games you get into game shape but you want a good foundation heading heading into it and i I was not happy with my first year there at all so i think i struggled my freshman year like we didn't play the best soccer um I didn't play a lot my freshman year, so getting that experience was very good for me. But I think just sort of making the switch that summer to commit and really, really get get myself into like top, top, top shape heading into the season was the probably the best thing that ever happened to me for the next three years. Your scoring output increased, you know, two, five, eight, twelve for the next uh, few years while you were at Columbia, and. Would you would you would you contribute a lot of this kind of just commitment to the game um, as yeah. as a big factor? Yeah, the, I would yeah. I would say always also personally I always know what I did like the that year and always my goal is to do better the year after and if you're not sort of making that slow progress for me it was always like what's the point if you're not going to work harder and harder and harder and get you know start climbing the ladder because um I've always wanted to play professionally and I wanted to put myself in that position in college I didn't really try and think about it too much it was always just about like let like if the team is successful and then I'll be successful and then that will help me going forward but I I really didn't think about it too much in college in terms of being a professional it's clear to us just from your description here and and what you've self-evaluated that your work ethic seems to be a, an intangible quality that is that is um, somewhat set you apart in some ways. What would you say, conversely, is your um, is your biggest asset on the field? Off the field work ethic, on the field, is it also work ethic, or would you say you, you bring something else? Um, I think my work ethic is 100% a big part of my game, but I think I also sort of bring that mentality of like. I'm not afraid. I mean, my I want to annoy every player on on the other team. Like, and by annoy, I mean like get like on them hard. Like, it's 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 tough to exactly explain. What but, a, it's exactly no. I can I, I can speak from the other side as a former center back at a lower level, but playing D three center back. That's exactly who you don't want to play against. So I hate you for it, but I respect it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just so just to sort of and then once like guys behind me see that also, I think that like makes them jippy if they weren't already that way. And I think just sort of like it really just I I want to be a guy who raises the intensity of my of the guys around me in on the wing at center mid. And then from there, hopefully that will translate into more goals because at the academy level that's how we played like we were high press go 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 like get in your face and i was extremely successful at the academy level because my teammates were awesome 
What is the toughest part of your journey thus far as it's been going from club to college or college to, to the pros? Um, is there any one thing you would identify or would you say maybe it's a couple things? Um, hardest part for me was definitely going from college to the pros. Um, so I was invited to the MLS combine my senior year, didn't get drafted. Also had to still finish school and the draft was in January. And then I had to graduate in May and me and my family, uh, mom and dad were like, all right, I'm not going to not do this last half semester. I've already done three and a half years. And then yeah. because I didn't get drafted by an MLS team, but I was still talking to a few USL teams at the time. And then I was like, oh, I want to wait until I graduate. And then from there, I started training with Red Bull twos up in New Jersey. And then I got injured and then I came back from that. And then like three days later, I got injured again and I was out for about six months. So it was like, like it's, it was really just a downhill after, after the, my senior season, because I didn't get drafted. I had to finish school. I could, and then when I did get in with the Red Bull twos, they already had like three forwards signed. So I was, I knew I was only going to be a practice player. And I think all three of those guys are on the first team now anyway. So <laughs> they didn't make the worst decision ever. But so I think there was a time there for a while where I was injured, where I was like, it's just like all my friends were starting to move into the city, get jobs. So it was sort of, it was, and I had, and my agent wasn't very too, wasn't too helpful at the time. Um, not my current agent, but my former agent. So I was, I was in a place where I was like, uh, like, do I like, is this going to even happen for me at this point when I thought I had like the world at my feet a few months ago? Um, but yeah, and then I just stuck to it. Uh, my parents were great in that process. And then I got down here in Charleston, had a great trial and then fortunate enough to sign. And now I'm here. Can you touch a little bit on that MLS combine experience? Obviously, you know, it didn't work out in the immediate time frame but would love to know I'm, I'm personally really curious about what the MLS combine is like you know just if you just had to touch on like a general structure and your mentality going into it is it you know everyone's in it together is it really individuals kind of battling against each other for that spot and what does it look like compared to other combines that people might know if it's the NFL combine or, or something else that they might have seen if they haven't seen the MLS combine yeah um, MLS combine is very official there was like 30 pages of paperwork I had to send with medical history, like document after document. And then the test itself, I think it was a high jump, uh, high jump, a uh, 30 yard, 30 meter sprint and a five ten five turning just for like more of an uh, agility acceleration test for the, for us. Um, those were the wow. only three tests we went through some, physicals um the accommodation was was awesome but like every big name coach like every mls team is there ul usl teams are there every agent is there and i'd say like about most of the guys who went to the combine are in the mls or the usl now if not initially drafted to the mls so yeah it sounds like a pretty yeah pretty crazy scenes there with with 
basically everyone in the game from all the different angles, agents, coaches, players. Coaches and agents were just getting drunk the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Little known secret. Not what you see on TV, but what was actually happening. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's great. All right, we'll keep we'll keep moving. Very excited to have you bring your your top five ranking here. This is a, a consistent segment on our Footy Fellas Pod, and very ready to bestow the honor of the top five rankings to you, Arthur. And, and why I asked you to bring these is because we dug up a quote of you saying that playing professionally has been a dream of yours since you saw Wayne Rooney playing for Manchester United. Yeah, and obviously you and you and Max went back and forth, but it naturally felt right to make bring your top five Rooney moments for our ranking today. Yeah. So if you could count them down, kind of five to one, build right. the excitement, take us, take us there. All right. Uh, five has to start with the hat trick against Fernand Bache, first Champions League game for United. Like that is crazy. He came in as a young lad, put in that hat trick and the icing on the cake was the third goal, the free kick. Top left corner. Um, as a young kid, to go to a club like that first for your Champions League debut to score a hat trick is just truly exceptional from the Wayne. So that was a <laughs> that was a moment that stuck with me. What 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 I love about it, and what you don't really see often, um, is uh, is players um, having a debut where they really like like shine. And it's one thing for, you know, Danny James to come on at, you know, 20 years old and score the fourth goal against Chelsea. And, you know, it was emotional. I really love that for, you know, his, his family and what was going on at the time. But, but to have a guy who just signs for the team is like 18 years old, um, playing a Champions League game, scores a hat trick on his first, like his first game. It's, it's moments like that where you recognize, oh, this guy is legitimately going to be a star. Yeah, and you you really don't see that often. You really don't. And so I was I was curious, thinking, okay, where is he going to put that? Is it going to be you know one? Is it going to be two or three? But five, I love it. I'm excited to hear what what four through one has. Yeah, four would have to be that pass to Van Persie on the volley, just like lofts the ball effortless, effortless, effortlessly to Van Persie's left foot, like top of the box. I think it was like a forty yard pass or something and it was just that that goal in itself is one of the best goals i've ever seen and then from there the third one i would this is sort of i'm like looking at my list and i'm not sure if i want to move it but there was a volley against hull for his 150th premier league goal where the ball just sort of like naturally like lets it hit off his thigh and just drops perfectly and he volleys it top left just absolute thunderbolt that one was is one of my favorite goals because stuff like that always happens to me where i have a ball it's like bouncing in to my waist or to my neck or whatever and then um seeing him just sort of use his body for the first touch to set himself and then just the confidence to strike the ball hard is is something that i i love a good volley so just that goal is pretty much everything I love about uh, scoring, scoring, scoring goals in soccer. So yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a that's a valued um, uh, uh, current player answer. You know, I don't think I would have picked the the whole goal, but um, I think coming from you, it's this is like all right. Like we see so many goals scored right in the yeah. EPL all the time, and and it's hard for people to really evaluate what is legitimately hard versus 
versus not? What is just a skilled play versus one that you might do on the training ground? And, um, and that one, he may have probably looked look pretty simple and easy, but you can relate. Like it's it's difficult, um, and it's also what a momentous goal. Yeah, uh, one fifty, one of many hundred. And then I put the, I also have another three here, which is that um little left flick goal against Liverpool, like towards the end of his career at United, just somehow got it top right with absolutely no angle. That's my that's my guy. I think it was in two thousand five, like one of the first goals I really saw was the he like there was a foul or something, and then he was like talking shit to the ref, and then like you see the ball just go in front and then he starts to jog a little bit and then the, the ball comes to him and it's it's coming in the air. I think it was against Newcastle and he just absolutely thunders the ball in like top top left again. Wow. And then, yeah, that was... I, I think you guys know what goal I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Number one. You got to hit us with Wayne Rooney's top moment ever. Well, I've, I mean, I've never celebrated a goal this much in my entire life i, I was on my, <laughs> on my couch like jumped up on my couch like i've never done this before i just started screaming my and then my like my whole family like springs into the room like what like what <laughs> and it was the bike against city just i mean i yeah. think that's that's got to be a lot of people's top top goal from him just out of this world off the off the shin doesn't even matter tech the tech the technique and the audacity to just do that was in in and in the terms of the title race of the season was was um i really don't have words for that moment i absolutely just it was like an out of body experience i absolutely lost it i remember i remember watching that there 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 are a few games where you remember what you were doing in the moment and that was that was one of those like i remember for example the moment where i was watching like 09 barcelona and being like okay this is officially the best team i've ever like they're yeah, just too yeah. good too dominant right and then i all like another big memory for me is rooney scoring that goal and i'm i like look over at my dad i'm like i'm never going to see a better goal like that was <laughs> that was like the most it's like it's, it's just so meaningful like you'll see other rockets all the time and the upper 90s and all that stuff but like for a United player to hit a bike against City at Old Trafford to, for the win, I think they won like two one or something. Like yeah. it, it was it was perfect. It was poetic, and I, I I don't know if I cried, but I probably should have in hindsight. That was <laughs> beautiful. Arthur, thank you for bringing your rankings. We appreciate it, and we'd love to get a little more into what life is like in the USL. Yeah, and you know, for you. So far, what's been the toughest part? What's been the best part? What's your initial impression of life in the USL? You go into your rookie season with the mentality of you're just trying to get into the team. And then I was fortunate enough to do so, like towards the first third of the season on, I was able to sort of establish myself and get a lot of time. So I think just overcoming that first hurdle of getting into the team, for me, I, I, I hate sitting on the bench. Um, nothing makes me more upset than to watch soccer when I could be playing soccer. So, um, yeah, just coming into a team, just not having that starting spot was not the toughest part for me, but um, the, the first hurdle that I knew would be the hardest to get over at the at the professional level and then 
I think from there it was um, I sort of showcased myself decently. Obviously, there's always room room for improvement. And the best part about the USL, I think, is just the travel for me. We play in pretty much like every major city here in the East Coast, aside from the ones who are like exclusively MLS, obviously. But just I would I've been to so many um cities and states that I would have never have been to before and experienced those soccer communities, the fans, stadiums, like all all that is um something that's sort of awesome to experience. That's awesome. Yeah, Max and I are actually in in Chicago right now and in in looking through some of your your earlier experience and when you were, you know, trialing with the with the squad, have to ask about that a certain Chicago experience because we are here. What were you feeling coming on against the Chicago Fire when you guys actually played them in the uh, Carolina Challenge Cup game? What, what were the yeah. emotions there coming on in some of those early cup games against MLS teams, you know, when it's it's all to play for there? No, yeah, that's – that's it's also preseason, so you just want to, like, pl- get out there and play. Obviously, you're a little bit n- nervous heading heading into it, but once you step on that field, just the energy – and we had a pretty big – crowd there for uh for the challenge cup um it was it was awesome and then i'm playing against schwein schweinsteiger a guy who was on united like two or three years prior to that and all of a sudden he's playing center mid i actually did a bike pass and i almost cleated him in the face and it's a video i just sort of show everyone (laughs) that's an awesome story (laughs) I was like, wow, I almost cleated Schweinsteiger in the face. <laughs> we're going to yeah. see that clip afterwards. Yeah, we might need some, some footage here. I'll send you guys that for for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously they have a bunch of other guys who I know and have admired throughout the years in the MLS. But I think Schweinsteiger, that was sort of the biggest takeaway f- for me from that game. I was like, wow, I just played in a fr- in a competitive game against Bastian Schweinsteiger. So, yeah. That's super cool. Yeah, hey, Arthur, um, question more about the um, kind of dynamic off the field for kind of how has that been for you in the USL? Yeah, so we, uh, a majority of us actually live in the same apartment complex. So that's actually great for um, team morale and just sort of that, um, like turning the whole team into a family and a brotherhood. Um, so I, I see, I mean, obviously it's a little bit different at the moment. Um, but during the season, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome because, and then if, if I want to go hang out with this person and then like these people like to fish, I can go hang out with them. I can go grow with these kids. Like, it's just, there's always, there's always somebody, there's always something to do with somebody else, which is awesome. And all of these guys I've been, I think I'm blessed in the fact that a lot of the guys on the team are so open and nice and just sort of chill. So, yeah. Nice. I take it that a lot of the players are from all over the country, possibly the world. Uh, are, yeah. are you guys all similar age as well? Yeah. So my first year, there was a lot of older guys on the team, like 28 plus was like five or five or six guys. So we were an experienced team last year for for sure um this year is a lot of those guys aren't aren't here 
anymore. And we sort of took in a much younger squad. So I sort of went from being one of the youngest guys on the team to now sort of being older, like, or the, one of the older guys on the team all of a sudden, because our turnover was like 13, 14, which is pretty extensive. So yeah, I think that was a, an, an, an interesting, um, sort of change in the dynamic of the team from my first year to my second year. I was just the youngest guy on the team. And now I'm like an experienced older guy. So, yeah. Well, I think, I don't know if I've ever experienced a loss of that many players on one team ever before. Had you, you know, before that no, moment no. at the professional level, it seems like that can really alter the mentality and feel of a team. You know, does did that totally change things in your mind for the team yeah so um oh also we we got a home a whole new ownership group in after last season so like with so i think so it was my first season with with the old owner um we had a pretty successful year we made the playoffs and then this year we have a new ownership a new stadium we're closer to downtown a whole new team like our logo is completely not the same. And we're one of the oldest teams in America. So it was just sort of like the whole rebranding of, of the Charleston battery, which was, which was awesome. So it sort of felt like coming to a new team this year. And I think what the ownership and the coaching staff wanted to do in that was to sort of bring in younger guys, sort of get that um, younger competitive environment into the training sessions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, what a lot of teams are looking to do all all over the world right now and um and i think it will be successful for us this season last season i know you finished with six goals in 27 games and in your last three games like you mentioned earlier you you were coming on pretty strong scoring three goals in those last three games in two pretty big victories heading into the playoffs how do you carry that kind of momentum into this next upcoming season yeah, um, I think it's something that I can draw confidence from for sure because it's like you can score goals in the league and um, and all that. But again, it's a whole new – it's almost like a whole new team here. So just sort of taking that, what happened, and trying to build, build on it for this next season, um, even if it is a shorter season, there's always – you always need to set your goals like we were talking about earlier and my – goal is still 10 plus 10 plus goals even if we have a, a little bit of a um softer schedule so yeah couple couple bonus questions first what's your favorite goal that you've scored so far in your life any level um my bike against UPenn in college was my favorite goal your your college coach Kevin Anderson actually played with the battery at one point in his, his career for, for a little spell. Did he give you any, you know, tips, ins and outs of places to eat, best vendors, things like that? Yeah. I mean, he, he, we have a very good relationship. Um, he's a great guy. He, he was very helpful in getting here in the, in the first place and then just sort of what to expect, um, of Charleston itself. And then the, team as well and it's actually funny there's a his jersey's hanging up in my chiropractor's office down here so i walked in there the first time and i was like wait this is my college coach 
He's like, yep. <laughs> I, I, I know. So yeah, he's a well-known guy in these, in these parts. That's awesome. Yeah. We have one uh, fan submitted question and I, I won't, I'll keep it anonymous for now, but you might be able to guess who it's from. Uh, the question being, who is your favorite roommate in college? Favorite roommate in college. That's a tough one. And it, it, it may or may not be from one of your former roommates. So Ooh, you just got to be careful here. Interesting. Both of my roommates were actually from Connecticut. Frankie Agrest, Beachside legend, and Jack Blattman, a king legend. Um, oh, tough. I'm going to have to go with Jack Blattman. That's smart. <laughs> he asked the question. <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> the one and only JB. <laughs> One and only JB. Uh, lastly, who is the best player that you've ever played against personally? I'm going to have to go with Andrew Tanari. Another friend of the pod. Yeah, I mean, Andrew is one of my best friends, but I was playing with him in Albertson and then in college, and then obviously played against him last year as well. Um, I think they, they came here and beat us 5 nothing or something. Like that, it was probably, it was our worst game of the season. But yeah, they just came in here and like stepped on our throats a little bit. But uh, yeah, Andrew, Andrew was lights out that game, and that kid is something something special on the field. Again, not just saying that because I've played with him and he's my boy, but um, he's he's gonna be a guy who keeps going up, up, up. So uh, yeah, that's awesome. Love hearing you guys playing against each other, going hard, and then also. Supporting each other behind the scenes. Yeah. That's great. Well, we appreciate your time, Arthur. Thanks for giving your thoughts on uh, Man U, Top 5 Rooney moments. Very exciting for all of us, especially Max once again. Um, and, you know, talking a little bit about USL, what life is like, your background, everything. We really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. And I can't wait to hear more from you guys. Absolutely. Thanks, Love it. With that, we're going to head to our second ad read before finishing off with our critically acclaimed over-under. Coming this summer to Fox from the producers of America's Got Talent, Survivor, The Bachelor, American Idol, So You Think You Can Dance, and American Ninja Warrior comes America's biggest ever reality TV show ever. Dropped in the middle of nowhere Las Vegas. Whoa, where are we? This group of single, extremely good-looking, and very sexually active Marines between the ages of 22 and 34 will compete for love, money, and the safety of their family and friends. Wait, I think this is Las Vegas. Working together in groups of three, they'll need to overcome physical fears. Whoa, I totally hate snakes. And emotional ones. Whoa, I totally hate commitment. If they want to survive this never-ending roller coaster. Each contestant comes with a heartbreakingly tragic backstory that'll leave you emotionally raw. So my cat died when I was 12, and one unique talent will <laughs> take your breath away. So I can do this thing with my hand? Guaranteed to be your colleague's next big obsession. Follow the live stream this summer. What, 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 what? That sounds sweet. Joey's got it. Tiger King, yeah. watch out. That's what I'm saying. Fox is really coming in hot with the reality shows. I think there's a there's an uptick in interest in characters, um, talent, athleticism, beauty, looks, um, and clearly Fox is is investing in that uh, that medium. Well, I'm sold. 
And that's actually a perfect transition, just theme-wise, topic-wise, almost the movie itself, the, the show itself, sorry, a perfect transition to our over-under theme this week, this week well, which Winter will be taking us through. Uh, yeah, great transition. You know, those Marines on that show, as smoking hot as they are, they're definitely going to be hungry for some food. That's why today we're doing over-under breakfast food edition. <laughs> Alrighty, we're gonna start with Eli, and yeah, let's hear your over under. All right, classic, the classic breakfast: toast, eggs, bacon. Toast, eggs, bacon is rated as it should be because it's a very classic breakfast, as you mentioned. It's still delicious. It's still gonna get the job done. You know what you're getting, so it's rated as it should be. Okay, not not too much hype around uh, the classic. Good, good, good. Jonesy, sweet. We're talking your pancakes, your French toast, your waffles. What's your take? Um, uh, that is overrated, slightly overrated. Look, it depends on what mood you are in that morning. If you want sweet or savory, you can go either direction. But I do think that sweet breakfasts are over oversold. It's the traditional. You're looking at the pancakes there, and you're thinking, oh, always there. I don't always want the sweet. So that's why I'll say it's overrated, but when it when it when you want it, it is the most underrated breakfast possible. All right, I love it. Love the take. They never quite fill me up personally. Um, all right, Eli, egg dish. We're going omelet. You can you can put any of the mixings you want, but it's just the, the omelet. What's your take? Omelets are very underrated because I learned how to make them maybe two years ago. A little bit late to the omelet game. Oh, sorry. I'm a late to the game. <laughs> so anyways, that joke took up most of my 15 seconds, but they're pretty underrated because they're delicious and you can throw on some veggies, some meat. It's a whole dang meal. Mm. Love a take. Very versatile dish. Jonesy, you got another egg dish. Eggs Benedict. Um, rated. Uh, I think, I think it's, it's a quality meal that I will order when I need to order it. It's not something I'll order all the time. Um, uh, but but it, it seldom does it disappoint. Seldom does it disappoint. Not not very hot, hot take, but just a that's a it is it does the job when I need it to do the job. Love it, love it. I think the sauce is huge, very key to making that a good dish. All right, Eli, we got the East Coast breakfast. This is bagel, cream cheese, and lox. Whew! Really pulling at my heartstrings with that one, <laughs> Mister Winter. Anything with lox, especially a bagel, especially a bagel with cream cheese underrated i could i'll name i could name a couple of spots where it would be like the most underrated thing in the world but that would take beyond the time limits of this podcast so i'll just leave it as underrated generally i love it for all you midwest listeners um you got to try it my first exposure to it was in college on the east coast it is very very good highly recommend for all you midwest listeners a bagel is dough it's a circular piece of dough that's has a hole in the middle, okay, and you put cream cheese on top, which yep. is kind of like butter, and yep. then it's a substance you spread on stuff, but yep. it tastes really different than butter. Okay, and lox is smoked salmon, traditionally enjoyed in the Jewish tradition of bagels, cream cheese, and lox. So you're saying it's essentially fish on a donut? <sighs> yeah, it's fish on a donut, Max. All right, just just keep going. It's a good combo of sweet and savory. I like. It. Yeah. What's the next one? All right, Jonesy, we got, we're finishing up with some wild cards. So you've got your breakfast burger. 
<laughs> okay. Now, now this could either be this could be maybe a restaurant actually makes a specialized breakfast burger with like an egg on it, or you're just that person at 9 a.m. who's like, I'm getting a burger for breakfast. <laughs> kind of sounded like Jones for a second. Yeah, that you I closed my eyes and I literally couldn't tell. <laughs> that, that was me. That was me. I threw my voice through the speaker and into Icy's mouth. Um, I'm going to say that, uh, a breakfast burger is clearly underrated. People don't eat breakfast burgers nearly enough, including myself, but one I have, um, it's usually been quite hungover from a previous night. I needed that protein and boy, oh boy, oh boy, did that Burger King chicken Whopper smack me right in the mouth. (laughs) All right. You might still be hungover today. (laughs) All right. Eli. Another wild card. We're going breakfast pizza. Breakfast pizza is overrated. Don't eat pizza for breakfast. <laughs> what about a cold slice from the fridge from the night before? You wake up, breakfast pizza. Don't eat pizza for breakfast. Overrated. All right. All right. <laughs> That's a hot take, I think. That's a hot take. I see. Oh. I, see. I see. I think let me help on this one. All right, Eli. All right. Okay. Two-day-old pizza sitting. You found it on the cushion, right? It was It was under the pillow. You didn't realize it was there for, for two days. Um, but it, it was really good. It was like pretty okay one. It has, it was a Hawaiian themed one. So it has ham and pineapple on it. Um, minimal hair coverage from, from the pillow, uh, dandruff. What's your take? All right. So pineapple makes it interesting because I actually hate pineapple. The ham piece also interesting because I similarly hate ham. So I guess when I'm, uh, when I think about it like that, um, yeah, I guess it's still overrated. Don't eat breakfast for pizza. All right. All right. It is clear you both are absolutely hammered. All right. Last one. Jonesy. <laughs> Jonesy, I think you're going to like this one. Last wild card. It is a breakfast burrito. Oh, underrated. Underrated. Breakfast burritos are incredible. If you love burritos, boy, oh boy, you're going to love breakfast burritos. <laughs> you can put anything in that. Beans, eggs, cheese, bacon, sausage, you name it, it goes in that breakfast burrito, and it's all smushed together the way you want to stuff it in your mouth. Some nice hot sauce and a griddled cheese dripping down your chin as you smile and drink your orange juice. Like a good boy. Boy, oh boy. Woo! I love it. All right. That was much more excitement than I thought. And there you go. That's your drunk over-under, folks. That's your, there it is. Jones has got a case of the Boyo Boys, and all of you have a case of the Footy Fellas Pod. Slurp. Thanks for listening. As always, really appreciate it. Check out our Instagram. Got a lot more exciting interviews to come, so stay tuned. And we'll be back next week. Hoorah! Was that a marine-themed hoorah? The only good thing about Disney Plus is all those superhero movies and the Star Wars collection. And like, there's like a few nostalgic m- movies, but I mean, overall, it's like, yeah, happy, happy I have it, but you know.